Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, guys, episode three of Hawkeye is here. Katie and I both just watched it today because it is Wednesday and it just came out. I literally just watched it like an hour ago, so it's still fresh and I'm super, super excited to talk about this, but I'll let Katie go first because I know she has some things she wants to talk about because she was texting me all day today about it. Well, first off, that's because I watched it over my lunch, (laughs) Um, (laughs) so a little bit of a difference there, but I... I loved it. I truly, truly loved it. It, it, like, I'm not gonna lie, this is solidifying to be one of my favorite shows so far. It really is. I definitely talked about this on the blog from the first two episodes, but I love the cosmic, I love the magic, I truly do, but sometimes the boots on the ground is just, it's just, it, it doesn't hurt my head, you know, I can just understand everything happening, and I love this episode because I think, first off, I was cackling. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was literally sitting there in the dining hall of my school cackling because I, and now Taylor can attest to this, my grandmother can't hear very well either. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm listening to, or I'm watching Kate try to interact, like especially the subway scene where she's talking about the dog and he's having a completely different conversation. And then he's just like, we should probably take the dog out. I literally just was like, I also oh was watching while eating, but I was eating my dinner. And in my living arrangement, it's also a communal eating space. So I too was cackling in front of other people <laughs> as I was watching the show and shoving food in my face. So I'm glad we had very similar experiences, even though we're miles and miles apart. So yay for us. <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, I, I mean... Okay, let's just break down from the beginning. I think that's the best way to handle this because I think there's so much that we have to talk about and so much that was just so enjoyable that I need to talk about. I have so many thoughts, so let's do it. Yeah, 100%. So let's just break down first. I loved that they gave us Echo's background. I thought that was so cool. Firstly, I want to go back to your point about this being one of your favorite shows. Honestly, same. I was, I'm not going to lie, my expectations were a little lower for this one because Hawkeye is not my favorite and he is a little bit more to the show's point that they keep hammering home, more low-key, but I really love this show. Okay, aside, done. Going back to Echo's flashback, I love the use of flashbacks in this show. I think the fact that they start out the episode with a flashback and then you hit the credits and now you know you're in present day and you're not going back and forth, I just love how it's so narratively clean love it. I just think it's, it's so, it makes it so easy to understand. And I am really enjoying that aspect of it. But also like her flashback, again, I was watching this in a public space. I was trying not to cry. I was like, she's struggling with her inability to hear as a child. And that I thought was really interesting. And it humanizes her because she's obviously an antagonist in the show, her relationship with her father, which I think I want to talk, touch on MCU dads later because I like thought of a parallel and was really proud of myself. But I just, her relationship with her father and all of that, I was like, wow, this is really awesome. I really, really, really enjoy getting to see her from a young age. 
Also, one of the things, another parallel that, that came up for me when we were seeing her past was the way that the show depicts those that are hard of hearing or completely deaf, how the show is not afraid to use silence or muffled noise to yes. show you what those characters are hearing or or not hearing in some cases. I just think that's so clever and so empathetic and impactful and I just I've never seen anything like it I mean that I can recall off the top of my head and I was sitting there today and I was like this is masterful like I don't even have another word for it this is incredibly well done no I I really that was something that also stood out to me and it got me from the very beginning when Echo was sitting in class with all those other little kids and she couldn't hear anything and it was just that blaring silence and it was very interesting then once, and I don't want to skip too far, but then, you know, when obviously Clint's hearing aid comes out and he can't hear and they kind of do the same factor with him where it's just, you know, things are crashing around and everything, but you can't hear it because the point is they can't hear it. And you're trying to, and they're putting you directly in the shoes of they aren't hearing anything happening. They're literally just sitting there. Like even when, um, I love this part when he's trying to hotwire the car and she's talking to him and it goes quiet and you're seeing like her from his perspective silence her trying to explain to him yo this is like what we're trying to do like this is what i'm trying to tell you he can't hear anything and i i really like that aspect and going off of something else you said then and i know i, I think we should just get right into his, her dad and who uncle is Oh my god, I texted you in all caps. I was like, who's the uncle? But deep down, I knew who the uncle was. You know so who excited. it is because you, you you can tell by even how he spoke. Dude, you knew. it was the meaty fat hand. I was like, the hand says it all. Oh no, it was it was his voice to me. As soon as he spoke, he spoke what, like two, three words? And I was like, I know who this man is. Yeah. I, I've watched enough Spider-Man cartoons. I know who this man is. I'm I'm actually genuinely shook that they showed him so early on and that there are so many references to him I thought it would be like this passing thing or you know like a like we were only gonna get him once but he's like from what I can tell moving forward he's gonna be a past not, not a passing figure sorry he's going to be a like a presence in the like an overarching presence in the show which I mean I'm so glad but, like, that exceeds all expectations. I did not think he was going to be a major player. I mean, I think we assumed he'd be a major player, just not so prevalently. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I want to I talk about something we were very wrong about in the sense of... Uh, no, we weren't wrong. It was just more of... We were giving you comic book version. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the MCU plays with their own narrative to understand, not to understand, but to make things more understandable in what we already have established. I really like that Kingpin, because let's just say his name, like we're acting like he's I know, he, out here. I was going to say he <laughs> shall not be named. Like, but Kingpin himself, like I really like the aspect that it wasn't him who killed her father, but Ronan. I also need to point out, this is something I wrote in the blog and very wrong about, was that I said that I didn't know, think that Echo cared that Clint, like, that she knew the connection, which she didn't know the connection, um, but she knew there was some kind of relationship with, like, she doesn't know Clint is Hawkeye, or, no, she does know that. <laughs> doesn't know Clint is Ronan, <laughs> but didn't know, like, the, but knows there's a relationship there, and, um... I did say in the blog that I didn't think that necessarily was true. 
Uh, all right, step back. But this is my favorite part of these shows. It's the concept of we're going to think so many different things every single week. And then each week you're going to come back and be like, so we were wrong. Um, I still <laughs> think, though, the our prediction that she wants the watch to go back and save her dad, I still think that could hold water. It's now in some ways more interesting because it's Ronan who killed her father. Right. So that's super interesting. I also thought, speaking of the Ronan identity, later on when Clint and Kate are in the diner and she's like, you're protecting whoever is Ronan. I'm like, girl, he's sitting right in front of you. Like, she's still so blinded by, like, her hero worship of Hawkeye, which, you know, fine. I think anybody who meets their hero would be. But she's still blinded by it to the point where she can't even see that, like, it's lining up. Oh, Clint knew like that Ronan was dead and that's why he's after all this stuff. So I think that's super interesting too that she still believes that it's not or she doesn't even hasn't even entertained the idea that it's him behind the Ronan mask and not just someone who's in his orbit. Right. Well, and I think you kind of bring up then a little bit you touched on it with what we think Echo might be looking forward to doing. They bring up well, they had to have been looking for something else mm-hmm. at the black market or the black auction. So, once again, obviously we know as a viewer that they were looking for the watch. We still have the assumption that it was the one of the watches that they used in Endgame to go back in time. Mm-hmm. And now, let's bring in the factor. We've now seen Pym. I was going to say the Pym Tech Arrow. Yep. So there's definitely Pym Tech floating around at least within those who have connections to the Avengers. And if the compound went down, there's no saying that there was an additional Pym Tech involved. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we we know for a fact that Ant-Man and the Wasp were there at the ruins of the compound. So there you go. Exactly. The van was there with the quantum tech, like, right there. Well, that's what I mean. So I think that was a, like, you didn't need to confirm that quite as hard as you did in the sense of, Oh, that was now a clue. we have Pym Tech here. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was an intentional plant for people to pay attention to and put it together. Like, they're trying so hard to lead us to the watch without leading us to the watch and the the time travel. So that's been a fun little puzzle, and I'm excited to see that come to fruition. Also, I just realized we're halfway through the series, which is kind of crazy. But that's like a, just a random aside that popped into my head. No, that's true. I mean, I guess because this is. If you really think about it, this is the only show that's been six episodes but had a doubleheader to start. Because WandaVision did, but it was nine episodes. That's true. Really quick, one thing, since we were talking about Echo's dad, one thing that popped into my head about MCU dads, and I think the two most prevalent that we've seen so far, with the exception of Scott Lang, are, and he probably has one, but I can't think of it off the top of my head because it's been a minute since I watched Ant-Man, but... Watching Tony as a dad and then watching Clint as a dad, they both have like little catchphrases they say to their kids. Like, obviously, I love you 3000 is like a cultural phenomenon at this point, and it's pretty much everybody's social media bio. But Clint's like, I love you, no, I love you more, or whatever that he does with his son is like the same type of thing. And I was like, oh my God, they're paralleling Tony. And I was like, ah, that would hurt like in a lot of ways. Well, actually, you just brought up a good point. Parallels. I wanted to bring this up. And I think you said that you saw a parallel with Echo's father or relation, unless that was the relation. I'm not sure. But, but Oh, I was just thinking fathers in general. But yes, that one. Okay. Well, I wanted to bring up, because we see them both in the show, I think it's interesting that Echo and Kate 
both have that martial arts background. And I th- I thought that was very interesting. Oh, and then yeah. this is a yeah. And then this is like a minor parallel, but I think it not even parallel. I just think it's interesting cuz Echo seems to kind of be a part of a lot of different people we've seen before. So she obviously her disability of being or like being hard of hearing deaf Clint obviously Can we now talk we see really Macari. quickly about something that I, I I will let you finish your thought in a minute but since we're talking about things with Echo that make her interesting I was totally thrown by the fact that she's also an amputee I was like wow I did not know that. That was really interesting. Um, just wanted to point that out for anybody who didn't see that. And I actually thought it was really funny the way she like totally uses it to demolish Clint when he hits her on the leg. And he's like, why didn't you go? Like he look, gives her this look like, why didn't you go down? And then she hits him with it. And she just like completely demolishes him. I thought that was super interesting. But yeah, I was like, oh, wow, she's an amputee and deaf. And she's like kicking booty. So she's pretty awesome. Well, had you let me finish, that I'm was so my, one of my other points. <laughs> but you interrupted me in the process. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you know, obviously not in the same with the leg. But, well, kind of. We see the guy in Guardians. But Bucky, obviously, we see the same thing. And it lead, it led me to wonder if it was Vibranium. Um, because she's working in an... Un- or her father was obviously enough. She's working as part of an underground crime organization i really wouldn't be surprised if they got their hands on a vibranium leg interesting we know it's possible yeah and then my final one was while she has the martial arts background i also thought that her fighting style was more similar to the black widow fighting style than a martial artist fighting style in the sense and obviously you know what i mean in the sense of when we look at kate she's her training there's a lot of it that and I'm going to say this as, uh, you know, the resident martial artist here. There's a lot of training for her that you can clearly see moves, like even things that I've been taught as, like, throughout my years versus for Echo, very different. She's got a lot more of that flow move to her that a lot of the Black Widows have where it's that, like, they're all, like, everything's moving at once kind of thing. So Speaking I thought that was also interesting. Black Widow. I know we're all waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. How about we talked we touched on this before when we talked about Kate thinking that he's protecting someone, but the fact that he says he being Clint says that Natasha Romanoff, aka our beloved Black Widow, killed Ronan. And I know you tweeted something on the Twitter earlier because I was snooping yeah. um, about how basically the metaphor was then that you know, Natasha killed Ronan, and I'm using air quotes, but you guys can't see it, killed Ronan um, when she went to go find Clint and kind of brought him back, quote unquote, into the light and back to, you know, himself and a piece of him that he wasn't ashamed of. So I just thought that was a beautiful little callback to their relationship and to her um, and just like super, super interesting. Yeah, I was ready for some pain and I'm glad it ended where it was because I really wasn't ready for more. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of general Black Widows, I know a lot of fans have been like, okay, <laughs> I can't believe this. Well, I can, but I can't. If they're like, we're halfway through Where's Yelena? <laughs> and I get it, but I don't. But also, but here's the my show's thought. standing so well on its own. I'm like, oh, yeah, Yelena, she's just like icing on the cake at this point. Oh, I agree. And I genuinely don't think we'll see her until the last episode, if not the very end of the second to last episode. I think you have to think we're moving towards a big battle. That's that that's the, you know, usual recipe. That's where we're going towards. Obviously, we see even in the trailer, we see the whole like 
in uh, Rockefeller Plaza on the skating rink, like, oh, we see the big battle, or at least, like, a clip of it, or what we think it is, because we've been misdirected before. Yes. Especially recently with, yeah, especially (laughs) recently on phase four. But my thought is she won't come till very late, and that is mainly because they're building up Echo, especially because Echo's going to have a new show, and something I don't want to necessarily entertain, but I've seen a lot of people starting to entertain the thought is that Clint will die. No. I know. They made me love him more now, and like now I'm like more emotionally invested. Also, before you finish that thought, just the scene of him having the phone call with his son, where Kate's writing down what he said. I was like, again, in public, trying so hard not to cry. I was like, you gotta keep it in. You can't do this. Like, I was well, so... I really like when Kate first ran over and just writes, little boy, like, <laughs> in full panic, because she was like, you're not talking to your wife. Like... <laughs> but I think it was interesting, too, like, in that moment, Kate really realized, like, crap, this man has a family, and, like, I did something dumb, and I'm keeping him from being with his family. Like, there was a little bit of, like, a maturation there, I think, for Kate, and, like, their relationship I think she's in finally... general. Yeah, I, I think she's finally seeing some of the effects of her, the consequences to her actions. Yeah. Um, I think normally for Kate, yes, there are consequences, but she's grown up rich. She's had the ability to write it off. I mean, even her mom, like, we see it the first episode after the whole, like, clock tower thing. Her mom's just like, well, I paid the bill. I covered it. Yeah, I bought a clock tower. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. like, Cause that's can you tell me why I had to ability. do that? But yeah. regardless, like, and so I think she's always had an air of, like, everything gets taken care of for me eventually. And then seeing just more of, okay, I screwed up. And now because of what I did, I'm causing harm to other people. And I'm impacting other people, I think, is was a big moment for her. Uh, I had to laugh, and this is totally kind of unrelated, but I just uh, have to bring it up. When they're sitting there in the diner and she's bringing up costume ideas, and w- the one that she shows him is very similar to the comic book yes, one. I love I was that. like, oh my god. <laughs> so funny. I love how they troll us every once in a while. They're like, we know you know what this is, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I definitely, I really enjoyed that, but I want to talk about the big car chase scene. Yeah, go for it. Awesome. First off. So funny. Like, I, it's hilarious watching him and Kate communicate when he can't hear her. And then obviously she's like, she's trying to fend off the bad guys. We're si- I thought it was cool to finally see a little bit more depth to Hawkeye as who he is with more of the, you know, I got all these trick arrows that we've never seen any of these. We've seen like the one that, um, what is it called? The one that he swings from that I can't think of oh, the like proper name. Oh, like grappling arrow? Yes, thank you, thank you. I was like, I cannot <laughs> think of the proper name. We've seen that one, obviously. Um, and we've seen, like, obviously the ones that blow up, but we really, like, some of these other ones are just out of the blue kind of things that you're like, what? Yeah, no, they're definitely, I mean, I don't really read Hawkeye comics, but I have to think that they're, like, comic cuts for, like, the people who are, like, real diehard comic fans. So they're like, oh my gosh, like... You know, he must use those all, like, the goo one or, like, the suction cup one. Like, I have to think that those are arrows he's used in the comics. And this was Marvel's way of just being, like, for all you people who, like, are really into the comics, like, this one's for you. Well, and then that's why I just, I thought it was cool. Because I, I also thought that was a big moment for Kate. That, like, 
she was able to really show him, I have talent, <laughs> I can do this. So I thought that was a big moment, and I, I think we've seen this big shift in their relationship now. Especially and I really, after he, really like, that. like, you mentioned the subway scene where he, they're, like, trying to have two different conversations. But I think one thing that we glossed over was that he starts that conversation by saying, you know, complimenting her and saying, like, you might actually be one of the world's best archers. And, like, the look on Kate's face of, like, oh, my God, my hero just, like, validated that I'm, like, good at what he's good at. Like, that's, I mean, that's so important. And, like, for so much of it, and, like, even afterwards, of course, he's, like, ignoring her or turning down his hearing aid or just, that, like. That always got me. <laughs> being a little bit curmudgeonly, but, like, she knows, like, when the chips are down that he, like, does respect her and, like, respects her skills. And I think, like, that was an important moment because up until then, he really hadn't given her, like, that validation that, like, they're equals and they're partners. So I thought that was pretty cool. And speaking of partners, I want to bring up the – oh, my God, what are they called? The, the Sweatsuit Mafia. I am intrigued because we already see a riff. And I'm really interested, especially because I thought that, oh, what's his name? It starts with a K. It's four letters. It's the dude. You know exactly who I'm talking about. And now I literally typed his name out on a computer. (laughs) Yeah. I'm completely blanking. But the man who acts as the interpreter for Echo, I definitely didn't understand their dynamics until that's that final scene that we truly see them. Um, where they're talking, and he even at one point is like, you know, Uncle won't be happy, and she's, like, more worried about going after Ronan, and then he even at some point is like, but your father put us first. And I think it's important to be able to point out that she is putting her revenge above everything else, and you can mm-hmm. tell. Um, she's acting through the emotion of she's feels she's one step closer to going or getting Ronan now, and ironically, like, she is. (laughs) She doesn't know how close she is. No. But this is kind of... So we're obviously going to continue to see them go after them, and so that's the path we're going to follow on. This is why I think Yelena is going to come, and I said this in the blog post, I think she's going to be intercepting Echo at some point because she needs Clint. Yeah. So I think they're going to essentially be eyes on the prize both of them literally sabotaging each other to try to get to him so that's where i think she's coming in at and that's why like i think it's interesting because we already see there's a rift possibly starting between echo and the mafia that used to be her father led by her father and we also know she's not fully in charge yeah so i think that's something to be to to clint's point there's someone above her in the total yeah yeah I just thought it was interesting that they chose to play it that Echo's father was the leader of the, what do we say they were? The sweatsuit mafia. Yeah. And now she's the leader. Like that's, that was interesting to me that like, I mean, I guess I should have guessed it because I feel like he was wearing sweatsuits in the flashbacks, but I mean. He was. And then when he got killed. I mean, yeah, I, I put it together then, but like a lot of people wear sweatsuits doesn't necessarily mean they're part of the mafia. So I thought that that was an interesting development in her character that she like essentially inherited the gang from her father i thought that was well and i don't even think she necessarily inherited i think her uncle put her because we all know who the uncle is and uh, obviously he had a lot of faith in 
her father to already have him being the leader to a degree. Um, my thought process is this is not Kingpin's only gang. If we know anything about Kingpin, this oh, is not this the is only one, people he runs. this is one finger on one hand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he trusted him enough. My thought is he watched this little girl, girl grow up. He watched her train. He knows that she's even almost better than her father in the sense of she can handle her own the way that she does. She's a, a weapon of herself. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, I will, I, I do have to point out, I thought it was interesting that, and I, once again, I wish I could remember his name. It's like Kari or Kavi or something like that. Yeah. It's something, I can't think of that lot, well, I can't think of it perfectly, but I also wanted to point out, he's a similar age to Echo, mm-hmm. and that kind of, that was something I initially noticed as well, so I kind of want to understand that relationship a little more, where he came from, because... All the, and he's also not – he didn't have an accent, I don't think, did he? Not as strong, at the very least, not as strong as some of the others. Yeah. I could have sworn one of them spoke Spanish at one point, too. Oh, I don't know. Like, I obviously, there's, like, very heavy Russian accents, but I could have sworn I heard one of them speaking Spanish. Oh, that I don't know. But my whole point being, too, is he didn't – that I remembered he didn't appear to have the same accents as the rest of them – so he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. He doesn't, he's definitely younger and he definitely doesn't have the same um, accent. So I kind of was like, okay. And he knows the sign language. So yeah. I was, I'm not saying my, okay, I'm going to say my theory, but I, <laughs> I don't know because who knows what the comic, between the comics and what the MCU is going to decide to do. But my first thought is, what relation he has to Kingpin himself. That's what I was, because I was like, oh, is it Kingpin's, like, son? But then I was like, but he called him uncle. So, I mean, maybe it's, like, a term that, like, Kingpin forces all of his underlings to, like, use. Like, they're, like, one big family and he's the uncle. But I was like, if that's your kid, like, I don't know. So I'm a little put back on my heels on that one. I do want to point out, though, I thought it was hilarious when Kate Bishop was like, you know that, you know, Echo and that guy who was really hot? I was like, of course they would say that. <laughs> well, speaking of, she's sitting there giving the one the relationship advice. I, I literally, even Hawkeye was like, oh my God. And she's like, I'm creating trust and communication. And I, was I, like, I was like, what oh. world do you live in? <laughs> she, no, she's the epitome of a Gen Z. That is what she is. Yes. And I think it's funny because I feel like this is the first time we're seeing like, a real Gen Z on the screen, other than honestly, Yelena. She brings a little bit of that, like, but Kate, one hundred percent, right there. Like, and, and, and like everything is happening. She's literally get about to get murdered, and she's like, "This is fun." Like, <laughs> I love her. I know, but she gets really rattled when Echo like really comes for her, and I thought that was interesting too. Where Hawkeye had to basically like. Like, she was already sitting, but he basically had to have, like, uh, like quick talk with her and be like, hey, I know you're scared. Now's not the time to be scared. You need to buck up, put on some fake confidence, and just go for it. And I was like, okay, here the mentoring starts. Like, here he's teaching her, like, get out of the situation by faking bravado, and he's going to do something. It'll be fine. But, like, I thought that was interesting that for the first time, Kate's life was in real – well, maybe not the first time because I think the first time she fought the mafia on her own when she was in the Ronin suit when they – 
when they found her the second time that night after going to Armand's apartment. I think she was scared then, but I think this was the first time she was, like, really, like, oh, my God, she's going to kill me. Right. And I think, I mean, that comes up, too, with the whole confidence and not having her, not having the consequences a lot of her actions. Yeah. So I think that's, that is a factor. But actually, because you brought up the apartment, I want to bring up Jack. Yeah. There's a lot that we didn't talk about last episode that I think we need to bring up. Here's my thing. He's obviously the swordsman. Okay, whatever. Yeah. We know who he is. However, I think he's one of those people who is set to distract. Yeah. Like, he's not there to be a lot of anyone. He's really there to distract us from other parts of things that are moving. Well, because, I mean, and and I haven't done a full deep dive on, on who he is as the comics, but isn't he at some point an Avenger? Oh, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, we will we will circle back with a little more information on the swordsman, but I yeah, I don't want to say anymore cuz I don't I don't want to be wrong, but I don't let me let me just stop by saying this. I don't know that he's evil all the time in the comics. Well, and he clearly Okay, I watch a lot of crime shows. So here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I find it that he's the too obvious of a person he's who a red killed hairy. his uncle. Yeah. He's too obvious of the person to have killed his own uncle because I literally with the sword. You know who I think it is? I think it's her freaking mom. Ooh. I think it's her mom. I think her mom gave me bad vibes from the get-go. And she's a terrible mother. The way she treats her daughter and Lily's like, I don't care about your emotions. I'm going to get married. But, oh, I didn't tell you that, by the way. You had to find out from someone else. But you don't have a right to be mad. Welcome home from school. Oh, Yeah. Listen, as my psych minor has me in, I'm well aware of when there's a bad parenting area, and she she's sus. And I'm sorry, I just, the fact that I think Kate has it wrong in the sense of when she even says, oh, like, one second his uncle's arguing with you and yelling at you, and the next, like, he's dead. I think her mom went and freaking did it. I truly do. I mean, there's definitely some merit to that. I... I mean, that would be really, really detrimental to Kate because that's her only living parent. So that would be a really big deal. I don't think that it means you're wrong. I just think it would be a really big character-defining moment for Kate in the same way that her father's death was that we learned in episode one. Well, I just think, yeah, and I agree. I just think, too, like, and like I said, this is from all the you know time i've spent watching any kind of crime anything but he's too obvious i mean between the swords and the butterscotch he's far too obvious and then think about this he doesn't have any money he's broke she gets nothing out of marrying him yeah like nothing but you know now like i just they got in this argument and then you know next thing you know he's dead and she has access to all the swords in the apartment and, you know, him having a butterscotch doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't at his uncle's house any other time. Yeah. So. No, you're definitely right. I mean, I think it's like a classic case of like pointing you so hard in one direction so that you're missing the other clues. Like, exactly. it could very well be her mother. I think that's a really valid theory. I hope for Kate's sanity it's not because that would really be difficult for her, obviously. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see, but I think 
your point is very valid and I mean you could end up being right at the end of this much to what I hope is untrue not because I hope you're wrong but because I think it would be again very difficult for Kate well and I think that's that's something like um okay maybe I'm learning from the age of WandaVision maybe I'm not who knows but our issue with WandaVision was always oh we're ending on a cliffhanger oh my god this is happening it's like and then the next episode happened and it was like oh never mind Anyway, back to our regular programming. So, <laughs> literally, I yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's why with the cliffhanger of him being there, like he's probably just there, and like, why are you breaking into my house or at my fiance's house? Also, the fact that he attacks Clint with his own sword is a big freaking deal. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, he knows exactly what that weapon is. Well, exactly, but like, that's why I'm like. You want us to sit there and think, oh, here we go. This is his big moment. And I'll bet you something already, uh, something else already happened that has him on edge. And because her mom I, is tied to something else. I'm sure of it. Well, and the fact that, and you kept bringing this up last episode, and it, it struck me for a different reason. The fact that her mother owns a security business. Okay, Cool. She definitely probably profited off the random, weird, alien-infested crap that's happened in New York in the past million, not past million years, past 10 years. Cool. That totally makes sense. But working in security also means you have access to a lot of data and a lot of information. Which they bring up in this episode. Yes. And a lot of access to people. I mean, Kate, like, literally was tracking people using her mother's software. Yeah. If you caught that in the first two episodes. so That's how she knew where Clint was. Exactly. So I just think that in and of itself is another point to the sus for the mom because she has all of this information on who's where, who's doing what, and probably was able to get herself into the apartment if she wanted to. And Armand wouldn't have said anything because, I mean, yes, they were fighting, but he never would have thought she was going to kill him. He seemed very old-fashioned when it comes to women, even just in the remarks he made to Kate about what she was wearing. So like, there's no way he would have perceived her mother as a threat to his life because she's a woman. How could she ever be a threat? He was a powerful man. Well, that's that's what I mean. And I, I think her mom just strikes me a little off. And like I said multiple times now, Jack is just too obvious of a bad guy. He's been painted as a bad guy since the second we met him. He's the terrible stepfather. Um, and her mom's supposed to be the magical mom. Which is so funny too because she was such a daddy's girl I mean I guess you cling to the only parent you've got left but you know she really wasn't that close to her mom when her dad was alive yeah so I thought that was interesting too how like their relationship now like yeah they're so close and like in a lot of ways that makes sense again it's her only surviving parent but at the same time you have to wonder like does that fact cloud her judgment or cloud her ability to see maybe some of the more suspicious things that her mother has done over the last 10 years in order to I don't know, keep their big fancy apartment that they were almost going to have to move out of before the Chitari attacked. Like, how did they get to keep that? Is I that was, what she and Armand were fighting about? Like, yeah. there's a lot of questions there. Well, and now Kate, and I know at one point Kate said something about, like, she inherited it, but she has her apartment. I mean, she goes to some big school, you know, so they clearly are fine and well off at this point. So you're, to your point, yeah, her mom definitely profited and it's whether or not she profited in the right things to get where she is and also you bring up the the security aspect and you're right she has a lot of access to a lot of things for a security company 
that's a little concerning. Not that it's a security company, but the fact that, like, even her daughter just logs in and she's like, oh, let me locate this person. Yeah. And so, but then I thought it was a little strange that Kate got stuck on her computer, that there was a lot. Especially when she was looking into Jack. Yeah. So her mother's clearly aware that Kate knows how to access this information and covering something, her own tracks, or, you know, maybe she targeted Jack for whatever reason, you know, maybe to get to Armand's money, because Armand clearly has money. I'm not saying her mother's a gold digger, you know, I mean, just, there's still the question of- She clearly has her own- Right, but there's still the question of how did they have that, how did they get that money and how they keep the apartment, you know, 10 years ago. So, and she makes that comment to Kate about, you know, you've always been rich. And you brought it up last time. The people who were always rich always assume they're going to be rich. And the people who started off, you know, not rich will do anything to keep it. So I'm just wondering if there's something greed-wise motivating her mother because she sounds like she didn't start off living the way that she does now or the way Kate grew up. And whether that's a motivation for her when it comes to Jack and even the business and all of that. Well, yeah. And I mean, people who didn't always have wealth and become wealthy are much more desperate to keep it and now know it. Um, Especially she's lived in it in at least, well, Kate, what, 22? 22 years? She she There's no part of her that would ever be willing to go back to whatever she knew before she was wealthy. So I definitely... Like I said, I'm pinning her mom as at least some kind of something. She's mad sus, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> don't really support her mother. And like I said, Jack, see, I, even this cliffhanger in this last episode, too obvious. Too obvious. I also just, to me, to your point earlier, like, I was like, okay, this is a cliffhanger. But in his defense, Jack's defense, he's guarding his fiance's home. Like, Here's some guy, if he didn't hear Kate come in, here's some guy in his apartment he's never seen before looking, let's be honest, a little worse for wear. Yeah. Why is he in my fiance's home? Like, yeah. would everybody attack an intruder with a sword? No. But if you're a master swordsman, you're going to do what you're best skilled well, at. And maybe when and you have one hanging from the wall, it's the easiest thing to grab. <laughs> like, yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why that doesn't necessarily make Jack immediately nefarious just because he held a sword to Hawkeye's neck. I mean, and if you look at where he was, he definitely was waiting for Clint to walk around as if he was waiting to get... He needed to make sure he got the jump on him. It wasn't a planned attack, obviously. You could tell. He had no clue Clint and Kate were coming. Like, he was there. <laughs> and Lord knows doing what, and I, I think was going to say, that brings up something. another question, because yeah. Kate said the apartment was empty. Which means she thinks her mom's not going to be in, but then if her mom's not in, and yes, Jack's moved in, but like, shouldn't Jack be at work? What was Jack doing there? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. No, that, then that's exactly where I was going with that. Brings up a new question of what the heck's he doing there? Because he wasn't supposed to be, but he, I'm sure, literally was just like, ah, Someone has broken into my home. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I really don't think there's anything in that aspect suspicious, what he was doing in the apartment. Honestly, we can count as suspicious. I'll tell you, we'll be, he'll be like, well, I was doing that. Like, it'll be the most minor thing. I betcha. Like, it'll, like, it won't even come out to be anything. But yeah, he's, I, I'm voting him out 
if there's a vote out button, I'm voting him out as a yeah, sus human being. I'm with you on that one. I also, I don't know who it is. I don't know who I'm voting in, but I'm definitely voting Jack out. He's off my list of prime suspects for now. Unless something really major happens next episode, he's not living on my prime suspect list any longer. I agree. That's where I stand. But yeah, I thought this episode was awesome. Yeah. I really did. I think that we got so many different depths to so many characters which I didn't really expect. I didn't expect Echoes. I didn't expect to see Kate the way that we got to see Kate, you know, being an archer and what she's good at. That's not just chaos. Yeah. And, you know, then, of course, we see Clint. And I I thought it was interesting, and I, I forgot to mention this earlier, how Echo even tries to sign to him, and he can only sign a little bit. And she looks down on him because of it. And because he uses the... I'm so glad you brought that up. I think what I could see that being is going further. So she obviously intentionally steps on the hearing aid. And she even says to him prior to doing so earlier on in their conversation before he escapes, she says, you rely on technology too much. I think she's trying to get him to accept that he's hard of hearing now. Like I think he's trying so hard in some ways to maintain his life prior to having lost much of his hearing but she's telling him to him embrace who he is the same way her father told her to embrace who she was and to live in both worlds now i want to bring a bigger point to that if you i don't you're taffy listening out there you're like oh my god they're going so this is a stretch but you just said all that what the deeper meaning to me is he was ronin He's trying to go back to who he was before he was Ronan, and he can't. I mean, I think it goes together. Yeah, I mean, he's been, and not that she, I don't think she necessarily knows he's Ronan. I wouldn't, she knows there's a tie, and I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if she's slightly putting together that there's something even more there. Well, yeah, because when she says, oh, so you're telling me you were there, and she killed Ronan, but now she's dead too. Isn't that convenient? Like, she definitely is, you know, picking up on stuff. Yeah, well, that's my point, and that's why when you just said all that, I mean, I think that's part of it as well as, you know, there has been a change, you know? You're not the normal Clint that we saw for the first 10 years. That's not who he is. Not I know we were trying, supposed to be feeling bad for Echo, but it was like, your dad's a bad person. Like, he was killing bad people, but he was still killing people, you it's know? It's still something so, he's ashamed of. Yeah, and we could see that. So, and it's a part of him he clearly is more willing to bury than accept, and I think that's what Clint's big point throughout this entire series is going to be is trying to accept that there's that part of him that is always going to exist. I mean, oh, well, his wife knows, but his children don't know. And two of them are definitely old enough to con- to understand. Well, I want to bring this up now because I there's this conversation that I've been meaning to talk about in this episode. And I think now is the perfect time to bring it up because he says in the conversation with Katie the Diner, he says, I'm not a role model. I never have been. And like, I think so much of that is rooted in the guilt he feels for the things that he did when he was Ronin. And also rooted in the guilt, I think he feels obviously badly, but maybe even a little bit cowardly for letting Natasha take the fall on Vormir. Well, I also think that's interesting that you bring up the whole thing when he mentions about that. Because there's a similar conversation that takes place in Black Widow when Yelena even calls Nat out and is like, 
well, but I don't have a bunch of little girls who are, like, worshipping me, even though I'm a murderer. And I think that is a great connection for the fact that these two people are still assassins at the end of the day. Yeah. Taking out the factor of Ronan or not, whether or not they worked for the right people all the time or they not. They made their careers killing they people. They killed people. Yeah. Yeah, they killed people. They took people out. Heck, he was going to take out Thor. The very first time we saw him, he was asking Fury for permission to kill Thor. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So I genuinely, like, I I think it's interesting to see that more of that connection between two of them because they're similar in who they are. And, I mean, he made a big point of my whole career has been staying under the radar, being a ghost, you know, and like, well, and later in that conversation, or maybe it was earlier, at some point in the conversation, he says, he even says to her, this life you want to lead, you're going to lose some things. And I think he meant a couple different things. I think he meant lose yourself, lose your innocence, and also lose the people you love. Because yes, he has his family. But first of all, he's not with them right now because of the job. And second of all, he just lost his best friend. So yeah, this job. I bet takes you a that that you. might um that might be a call to the fact that she might lose her mom. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good call. Because if she never went down this road, think about that. If she never went down it, she would never find out that her mom might be a a very bad person into some very bad things. You might be right. I'm really sad for Kate for what's about to come. But because I, you, what yeah, else can she lose? You make a good point. Because to your point, yeah, she can lose her innocence for sure, 100%. But what else does she have to lose? She doesn't have to lose her father, the parent that she was naturally closer to. She doesn't have a sibling. She doesn't really appear to have that many friends. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's a really good call. I didn't even think about that. But I'm glad you said that because that is very insightful. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. And she just got a dog. Like, the dog is not the biggest factor, you know? Like, yeah. it's not like her childhood dog. Yeah. So. There's one other Not thing. that if they touch pizza dog, oh I'm going to kill someone. The whole internet's going to revolt. Like, oh, there, the 100%. amount of tweets that I saw last week that basically were like, if somebody touches that dog, I'm going to, like, insert, you know, some form of violence here. Like, yeah. like okay, cool. So we've, uh, we're protecting this dog. The entire internet is going to band together. It's going to be fantastic. He's like Morris. He's like Alligator Loki. Like all the, the real Forkin, stars of the show. name shows. escapes me. Sparky. Oh. Well, the, the Flurkin is not Sparky, but Sparky was a different example. Yeah. Awesome. There's one other thing I wanted to bring up. Goose. That I saw on Twitter last week. Goose is the Flurkin. <laughs> what is it? Goose. Goose. <laughs> I said goose and you didn't react for a second. And I was like, wait, you can't just let me say goose and then not <laughs> acknowledge it. Like, that's so awkward. <laughs> I straight up went, goose, and you just kept talking. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, you need to acknowledge that I just yelled goose. Like, <laughs> All right, cool. Good talk. Anyway, there's one. I've started this sentence now. This is my third time, and I swear I'm going to get through it this time. <laughs> There's one last thing I want to talk about. I was on Twitter earlier this week or late last week and the director of Loki, not Loki, wow, I just called it all the way back. The director of Loki needs to go back under the rock. (laughs) (laughs) No, the director of Hawkeye or a producer, someone involved with the Hawkeye show has clarified that actually it takes place in 2024. Mm. So that is one year sooner than we thought. Okay. So that kind of changes a little bit of what we were saying last week because the now means the multiverse is open for less time. And it kind of makes more sense 
when they were saying like, oh, if we've had so many Christmases apart, okay, well now it's only their second Christmas that they're back together, not their third. So it's a little more reasonable that they're having that conversation. Right. Since they've only just been reunited for the second time for Christmas. So I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was super interesting when I saw that on Twitter. I was like, oh, because everybody was saying two years and we literally had a 15-minute conversation about what that two-year time frame meant. Right. And again, we have to, for the third week in a row, amend our timeline <laughs> thoughts and predictions. Yeah. Thank you, Marvel, for being confusing. But it's okay. We will work with it. But I'm looking forward to next week. This I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, I love the hype of WandaVision. And obviously, okay. I love the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> mainly because of Bucky. But I think right now, this one might be a contender for at least second place, which is actually pushing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to third. This one's my hands-down favorite. I liked WandaVision. I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I liked Loki. Oh, mm, okay. I did. She's only saying that because of Tom Hiddleston. Whatever. Yeah, I have my reasons, and I liked the show. So her actual... It, if you need her real reaction, go ahead and listen to our Loki re- episode 6 reactions, and then you'll hear what she actually thought I of it. I think you'll find they were a lot more measured than yours. Anyway, moving on. I liked them all, but I think this one is one where I'm constantly like, that was really well done. Like, I think every other show, in every episode, we've had we had some sort of criticism. I didn't like this. This was slow. This was confusing. This didn't make sense. Why did they do that? But this one, I don't think we've said a single negative thing. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you said, why did they do that? And I was just like, oh, you mean the self says? No, I was specifically (laughs) thinking of the Evan Peters cameo, but it works in a lot of situations. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think we've said a single negative thing about Hawkeye. I think we're kind of in love. I yeah, I agree. And at least for me, it's my favorite. I I can't think of a single single thing where I was like, this was slow. I didn't enjoy this. Whatever. I was like, this was great. Maybe some of the like gags with the arrows, maybe not my particular sense of humor, but even it that is reaching, reaching for something negative to say. I can't say that I Honestly, felt that way about any of the other shows. No, I agree. And obviously, once uh, Hawkeye wraps up, I know we're going to be in Spider-Man hype, but once Hawkeye wraps up, we will... Before Hawkeye wraps up. Spider-Man comes out in the middle of Hawkeye. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we'll still be coming off the high of Spider-Man No Way Home, but I do have to say, which is literally 16 days away anyway, um, Ah. well, as of December 1st, (laughs) when this podcast will air, it will be two weeks away. Um, Please don't say these words. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But uh, obviously it's very early. We still have half of the series to watch to say anything. But I I want to say where we are standing currently. And I think a lot of that also has to do with their learning. You know, this one's very similar to more of the Falcon and Winter Soldier style. Um, But then it's also plays on certain things with Loki, which were both the six episodes kind of thing. And I think they're learning what works, what doesn't. Definitely bringing Kate in and giving her us Kate's background from the very beginning helps. Yeah. Helps a lot. <laughs> Having them actually interact in the first episode, even if it was the last, what, five, ten minutes, helps a lot. We got to see where we got, like, Releasing we understood where we got. Yeah. My issue with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that 
okay, well, we knew that, you know, Sam was probably going to go back to, like, doing some sort of military-esque stuff. And we knew Bucky was going to just kind of be laying low, do like, get working through his issues. So it was like, okay, I didn't need a whole almost hour of watching them do that. Yeah. And, like, getting the background. I didn't need that. With this show, I think it was executed very well. And I think bringing them together. It was efficient. Yeah. And I think bringing them together in that first episode helped you to be like, Okay, but then we have the next episode immediately to move into. Yeah. So I just think it's been done very well. Um, we'll see where we're at in three weeks, of course. But yeah, I mean, I, I say right now it's second just because I can't yet beat the hype of WandaVision. I really can't. It had my mind in, like, shattered pieces, I like, constantly. Remember, I mean, guys, this was in the dark ages before our podcast was a thing. Yes. But we used to do what at the time we didn't realize was practice for our podcast. We used to do a call with one of my friends and we would debrief every week. And those got pretty heated at some instances. Mephisto who, you know? Oh my God, don't (laughs) utter that word, please. I can't. I like have PTSD. (laughs) The day he comes into the MCU will be the funniest day. (laughs) Internet broken. Literally. But... I have to say, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, I think we've covered everything that I wanted to chat about today. We will definitely do a little bit of a deep dive on the swordsman for you guys in the blog so that we have a little bit more on his history since we didn't cover that last week and we didn't talk about it too much in today's episode, so we'll give you that background, so definitely check that out. As always, if you're a fan of the show and you haven't already subscribed, please do so on your favorite podcast platform. Share with your friends if you think they might enjoy. Give us a like or a review or whatever your platform allows you to do. Go check out the blog on a regular basis. Like I just mentioned, we have some extra content on there, some extra context, some details that we may not have talked about in the podcast, but remembered afterwards that we wanted to chat about. So those get added into the blog as well. So if you're looking for a little extra content to add to your knowledge or some extra theories, please go check out the blog. I think you'll find it super Hopefully, we'll find it super, super helpful for you. And as always, check out the Twitter, Let's Talk MFT. Um, As Taylor mentioned, clearly I'm active on it. I was already tweeting things earlier um, about the show. Uh, But I will say uh, just a little bit of a heads up. I do tend to retweet things related to the show. Usually they do have spoiler warnings. But if you're not watching the show, like literally Wednesday, this is just like a call in general. Maybe avoid social media, especially Twitter, until you watch it. Because I don't, I also don't want to be the person responsible for accidentally giving spoilers. So (laughs) just keep an eye out for that. But make sure you guys are following that and you guys are paying attention. I post all the blogs and when they go up, when the podcasts go up, any theories we have. Of course, I retweet any other theories that I see other people having just so everyone's knowledgeable and Marvel news, of course. So make sure you guys are following that. And I know I mentioned it about two weeks till Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, we've got three more episodes of Hawkeye, which feels weird already, to your point earlier. feels very strange. So that's going to pretty much wrap up the end of this year. So there's a lot of content coming out. Make sure you guys are keeping up with all of it and get hyped for all of it because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.